the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. But one of the greatest things in coming to Christ is he renews us from the inside out. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. Today, we're picking up in Genesis 20, 21 in a study called Different Paths, where we're talking about the differences between Lot and his uncle, Abraham. As we continue in the study, you remember from last time, we looked at Abraham's nephew, Lot, for the last time. And what a difference there was between the two of them, between Abraham and Lot. Even though they were raised in the same environment, God called them out, and they had been sojourning in the same area. But as you know, we see this all the time. You know, people can be in the same environment. One will take one path, and one will take a different path completely. They come to a fork and road. One guy goes wrong. One guy goes right, and another one goes left. One woman goes right. The other one goes left. We even see this in animals, okay? So me and my wife, you know, we've been married 41 years, you know. We went out, you know, amen to that, you know. And so we're going to surprise our kids, so we lied to them. Oh, you know, I somehow justify lying if it's got a big surprise behind it. Like when I try to surprise my wife or something, she always figures everything out. So I have to come up with a, a whole cocktail of lies, you know, because I'm trying to surprise her for something for our anniversary. So, and she's always figuring it out. It's like, stop thinking about this and so anyway we're going to surprise our kids so we told them we had to to go run an errand and we're this is when they were smaller so this is many years ago but we went to go buy them a puppy so we get to this place it's a labrador retriever uh breeder and so here they had you know this fresh litter we were like the first people there they were just ready to to get rid of them you know at eight weeks old and so here's these eight week old labrador retrievers there's like eight of them and they're all running around the lawyer and we're like oh okay which one do we want and there was six yellow ones and, and like two chocolate ones and they're running around we're like well which one do you want we're like huh all of them i mean it's like you know how cute they are and so so we're just well should we get the chocolate should we get the yellow should we well we'll take one of each okay that that was not wise okay don't ever bring two puppies into your house they literally ate the house okay but it it was the house was like oh and five okay it's like they they were eating the house now those dogs came out of the same mommy dog had the same daddy dog, but those dogs had two completely different personalities. It's like, wow, it's crazy. But on a serious note, and bringing this closer to home, you know, we have people that are all around us, and they've taken all kinds of different paths, right? Maybe you have a relative. Maybe you have a close friend. Maybe you have a child who's fallen away from the Lord. Maybe they've made choices to go down the wrong path in this life. What happened to them? You know, what happened? 
especially when they were raised in maybe a good home or maybe you've been around them for a long time. What happened to them? Yes, they might have been born from even the same mother and have the same father along with being raised in the same home, but we are still responsible for the choices that we make. I consider my brother who, you know, passed away several years ago and Uh, You know, we came out of the same womb, the same cocoon. Uh, We had the same mom and dad uh, raised in the same home. But I remember when we were living in North Hollywood right up the road here, I remember when I was four years old, the police bringing my brother home who was seven, seven years old, okay, and screaming at him in the living room. I remember I was watching. It's like, don't you ever run away again? I'll throw you in Alcatraz. You know, it's like just trying to put the fear of God in him. But he made many bad choices in his life. Yes, some choose to take the wrong path in this life. They choose to go their own way, to be a prodigal son, to be a prodigal daughter. They choose to walk away from the Lord. They choose to do wrong. It doesn't make sense. Yet, they simply refuse to listen to reason. How does that happen? You know, why does that happen? And where did it all start in their life? Well, there are questions that we might not ever be able to answer. That's for sure. For every one of them will have their own set of excuses. Their reason why they have gone down the path that they chose to follow. Again, none of us can say with any certainty why. Well, one thing for sure, we can all learn, though, a few pointers from Abraham's nephew, Lot, of what not to do. Like, don't do this. And let me tell you, for me, sometimes I can learn more from a person who's done it wrong than a person who's done it right. Why? Because you see you see, the net result of what happened. And you're like, wow, I don't want that to ever happen to me. I don't want to ever fall into that same rut. I don't want to fall into that same pit of quicksand that they did. That's why God gives us such a clear view, such a great insight of those that have lived before us in times past. So why? So that we can learn from their mistakes, so that we don't have to fall into that same tar pit that they fell into. That's why God said in Romans fifteen four, he says, for whatever was written in times past, talking about the scripture, talking about the Old Testament, or as we refer it to the Old Testament, it wasn't the Old Testament then, it was just the scripture of God. He says those things were written for our instruction, that through the perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope, hope. Now, with that said, we will consider three points in light of our title here today, different paths. Number one, there's two paths. There's two paths for everyone here in life. There's a right path and there's a wrong path. I wonder which one you're on here today. Number two, we're going to look at more mistakes, more mistakes. Don't we make mistakes kind of over and over again? Well, so did Abraham. And number three, promises fulfilled. And boy, this is a sweet section because God always keeps his promises. And that's a good thing. Well, let's look at our first point, two paths. Let's consider what we learn and what we can learn from this man named Lot. He was a man who was always looking out for himself. Got to look out for number one. You know, is that always what we hear? Well, if I don't take care of myself, how can I minister to anyone else? So we have the unholy trinity of me, myself, and I. Now, he did this well before he looked out 
for anyone else. Remember the argument that he had with Uncle Abraham's herdsmen. That's when Abraham said that, well, we should split ways. You go to the right or go to the left. Wherever you go, I'll go the other way. That, by the way, this was the beginning of Lot's failure. This was the beginning of his fall. Because Lot showed his true colors of selfishness, choosing the best of the land. Maybe that was a little test from the Lord. Maybe Lot should have said, hey, Uncle Abraham, man, you're the, you're the one that's got the real walk with the Lord. You're the one that always encourages us, has devotions with us. You, where do you think I should go? Listen, I know we have to split ways, but you tell me where you want me to go, and, and I'll go there. I'll be obedient. I'll take whatever you think is best. But that wasn't the case with Lot. And it's seldom the case with those that don't really want to follow the Lord. Because they will always complain about everything. They're never satisfied, and everything's always against them. Oh, it's always because of this person, and well, I did this because of them, and I'm only the way that I am because of the home I was raised in. Not taking for granted the things that God has given us that says, when you come to Christ, all things are passed away. Everything becomes new for you. Doesn't matter where you've been. I understand, not trying to be heartless here, and some of us are raised in very difficult circumstances. But one of the greatest things in coming to Christ is he renews us from the inside out. Yeah, these people never want to look into the mirror, though, do they? They never want to just say, well, hey, how about that was your decision? Yeah, maybe you were faced with the same decision I was, but you chose to take the wrong path. You didn't choose to take the right path. And admitting the fact that they're just simply reaping what they've sown. No, Lot here, he looked at Sodom and Gomorrah and he saw this was like a well-watered garden of the Lord. That's all he saw was, man, look how plush it is. Look how sweet it is. Look how nice it is. And he neglected one huge problem. The people lived, that lived in Sodom, the Bible said they were wicked sinners. In fact, it didn't just say they were wicked sinners. It said that they were exceedingly wicked sinners. Okay, they took sin to another level, okay? They weren't ashamed about it. They wore it on their shirt sleeve. We know that Lot was surrounded with compromise. He sat at the gate of the city, meaning he was a leader in the city. Maybe when he first started in his political positions as he was moving up the corporate ladder, maybe his motives were right. Maybe he thought, well, you know, look, maybe I can have a godly influence on these exceedingly wicked sinners here in this city. Maybe he thought he could change the culture of the city. Unfortunately, like many of us, we find out that it's a heck of a lot easier to be pulled down by our culture than it is to pull others up in our wicked culture. This is why Lot needed constant fellowship with Uncle Abraham. He needed that fellowship with that older godly man that Abraham was. This is why the church is essential in the lives of Christians. This is why it's essential. This is why God said in his word, it is not good to forsake the assembling of the brethren. That's why he says, do not forsake the assembling of God's people. 
Because we need to have constant fellowship. We need to have constant uh, the teaching of the word of God brought into our life to remind us of those things that we should do and we should be. And it's not just a matter of hurting in and hurting out. It's a matter of fellowship. It comes from a, a Greek word, koinonia. It's, a, it's an intimate fellowship. So are you getting connected with other people? This is why it's so important for you ladies to come to the Tuesday night Bible study. And don't just race out the door. Oh, I got to go home and do another load of laundry. Hey, it can wait 15 minutes. You know, get to know someone. Take your time walking out the door. Talk to someone in the foyer. Say hi to the parking lot attendant. You know, it's like get to know people. This is one of the joys of serving in the church. You know, we have like 100 people that serve here every Sunday in some capacity, parking lot, greeters, people running cameras and, you know, running all these lights and screens and this and that, the worship team, you know, children's ministry workers. And it's like when you take that next step and you start serving in some capacity, now you come and become more of the core of the core and you become the part of this core family where you start knowing other people and it changes. I wonder though, what kind of impact that you're having right now today? Like if you could just judge yourself, I don't want to judge you. I'm not pointing a finger at you. I got, I point my finger at you. I got three little piggies coming back at me. So you judge yourself here. What kind of an impact as of today are you having, what kind of positive impact for Christ are you having on our current culture? Just a question, just asking. Maybe you find yourself being maybe a little more influenced by our culture than you are in changing our culture. Let me ask you, are you attempting to change that in your life? Do you realize like, man, maybe I should be a light that shines right now. We're living in this pandemic. Oh my goodness, we're all going to die as the media tells us. And it's like, uh, are you bringing a voice of hope to those that are freaked out about this? Because obviously there's a lot of people freaked out. Trust me, I got my, my mask. And I wear my mask. I go in the store. I do all these things. You know, wash my hands. I do the hand sanitizer. All of these things. But it's like, I don't walk around in fear. And there's a lot of people that are looking for hope. And God has given us believers a message of hope. Are you attempting to change the culture in that? Or have you been a little bit more like Lot's kind of given up because that's what he did? Yes, we must heed the warnings that God gives us so clearly in the Bible. Like when the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, he says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Become sober-minded as you ought and stop sinning for half. Some have no knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. So he tells us there's there's two exhortations in in that verse. First, he tells us, don't be deceived. Like, don't delude yourself. Hey, don't think for one second that if you assimilate with this culture and you become just like this culture, it's not gonna have an effect on you. He said, don't don't deceive yourself, okay? And second, he says, hanging out with the wrong crowd, hanging out with bad company, hanging out with those that are not walking with the Lord, it will corrupt your good morals. This is what happens. Look, it's it's not rocket science. That's what happens. You hang out with the wrong people, you start doing the wrong stuff. It's just the way that it is. I was able to come to Awaken last Friday night 
I taught Awaken. I stood right here on the floor. And I was so blessed because we had so many young people in here. All these singles. Amen. It was good. And I stood right there and I was just teaching the word to all these young people. And you know what I was thinking to myself? This is great. Because you got all these singles. you got all these young people in here. And where are they at on Friday night in L.A.? Are they out looking to bust a groove somewhere? Oh, no. They're right here in church. And it's like, man, it's a lot safer here in church than it is out there. And it's like, look, it's just reality. You hang out with the wrong crowd and you go, you know, busting a move, you know, and go grinding at some, you know, club or whatever. And, oh, they're closed down right now. Okay, well, whatever. But you understand the point. You hang out with the wrong crowd, the chances of you doing the wrong thing become much greater. Understand, this is what happened to Lot. He became just like his culture to the point that he didn't even want to leave Sodom and Gomorrah when the angels came in and told him God is going to destroy this city. He's going to rain down fire from heaven because of their great wickedness. The angels literally had to grab Lot and forcibly pull him out of that city, him, his wife, and his two daughters. Moments before God unleashed hell on it. Maybe Lot thought when he moved into Sodom, hey, you know, I can handle this. It won't affect me. Don't we do that? I can go bust La Vida Loca. It's okay. I can handle this. It's like, I can do it. I can make, you know, it's like, hey, I'm good. I'm good. It's like, maybe he thought the same thing. It won't affect me. Yet those are famous last words from those who always crash and burn. Know this, we simply cannot trust ourselves. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Oh, you think you stand? Oh, you think you can handle this? Oh, you think you can start looking at this and it's not going to affect you down the road? Guess what? Let him who thinks he stand take heed because you're going to crash and burn. You're going to face plant over this. At one point, when Lot was taken captive, remember, by other kings, God used Abraham to come with a bunch of men and conquer that other army and rescue Lot. I wonder if that was not a warning to Lot to get out of Sodom. Don't go back there. You were captured. You were going to be taken as a slave for the rest of your life. But yet God rescued him and brought him back. So instead of saying, oh, man, Uncle Abraham, thank you so much, man. Hey, you know what? I got to get out of that place. It's killing me, man. It's killing me, Smalls. Come on. It's like, you know, instead of just like, hey, I got to get out. You know what? What do you do? Hey, thanks a lot. Ta-ta. See ya. Bye-bye. And he went right back, right back in. Lot allowed himself to fall right back into the same pit that he was in. His example in his home was completely lost, even his wife's heart was completely led astray. Remember, as the angels pulled them out to safety, they were told, don't look back. Yet it was Lot's wife who was completely sold out to her lifestyle in Sodom. And what did she do? She disobeyed God and she looked back and she immediately turned into a pillar of salt. In what way did Lot's wife look back? Was it just a quick little glance? Just a quick little, just a quickie, just a quickie. 
No, the original Hebrew language, that word there means that she looked intently back. She turned around. She stopped. She was intently looking back, meaning she looked back with pleasure and wantonness. She looked back with favor and care. Oh, I love Sodom. I don't want to leave it. I wonder if there's any, you know, any of us that once we come to Jesus, we've been walking with the Lord for a little bit now. Wow, we're kind of looking back. And it's not just a quick glance. It's a quickie. Oh, no, we're kind of, oh, I had so much fun back there, you know. All my friends and some of those parties, you know. And we forget, you know, thrown up over the porcelain throne the next day. We forget all of that. No, no, we're just remembering the highlights. Oh, the enemy has a way of only bringing the highlights back. And maybe you think, you know, I don't think my old friends were all that bad. You know, I... You know, you start to think, you know, what's wrong with a little bit of fun? You know, it's like, hey, you know, just a little bit of fun. Maybe, you know, going to some of those edgy movies or, or watching those edgy things on TV, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Maybe listening to some of your old music, it isn't really that big of a deal. Come on, just, you know, just kind of busting the groove in my car. Well, if you think like that, guess what? you might find yourself looking a lot like lots. More than you think, for that's exactly how compromise sneaks into our lives. I find it interesting that Jesus referred to Lot's wife as he was referring to the grave warnings that he's giving to all of us right now that are living in what I believe is the last days that we will see the coming of Jesus Christ in this wicked world that we live in. So when he was referring and talking directly to us, he referred back to this very thing that happened. This is what Jesus said in Luke 17, 28. He says, It was the same as in the days of Lot. They were eating and they were drinking. Oh, man, we were having some fun. They were buying and they were selling. We were making money, money hand over fist. They were planting and they were building. We're buying nice stuff and cool things. But on the day that Lot went out from Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and it destroyed them all. It will be just the same in the day that Jesus Christ is revealed, the Son of Man is revealed. Remember Lot's wife. That's only three words in that verse. Verse 32 is three words. It's like, stop and think about that for a second. One verse, remember Lot's wife. He had taken his wife into that city and she bought it hook, line, and sinker. Maybe Lot thought, oh, I can handle this. I can handle this. Well, guess what, buddy boy? Your family couldn't. And he took his wife in there, and she bought it all. And she turned around and said, I don't want to leave. I want that. She turned to a pillar of salt. Verse 33 of Luke 17, Jesus went on to say, whoever seeks to keep his own life, You want to do what you want to do? You don't want to listen to God? Guess what? You're going to lose your life. Whoever loses his life for my sake, then you will gain your life. 
You want to lose your aspirations? You want to lose your desires? You want to follow me? Oh, you're going to gain life. You'll gain satisfaction in your soul. He ended with this. I tell you, on that night, referring to him coming back, because he says, I will come back like a thief in the night. I'll tell you everything that's going to happen, and that's where we live in the world today. Knowledge will increase. Wars and rumors of wars. Diseases will happen. Starvation will be hitting our planet. All of these things, corruption will happen all around us. Many will come and mislead many spiritually. We're seeing everything that Jesus said right now. And he says, let me tell you, in that day, right before I come, two will be in the bed. One will be taken, and one will be left. The one that made the right decisions will be taken. The one that made the wrong decisions will be left. What path are you on? And how did Lot finish the race of godly endurance? How did he finish? Well, unfortunately, guess what? He didn't finish too good. Not great. We know that he's in heaven because God's grace and mercy in his life, but he didn't finish good. Not good at all. That's all the time we have for today's message. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA one word, that's Core Church LA to 77977. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.